formal. Okay. And I can just say no comment at any point. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. But we can, we can but edit it'll be, we, we can edit, but if you say no comment, <laughs> it just might just stay deeper. in. Fair enough. And, and I feel like if, when you say no comment, it's just one of those things where we're just like, all right, something's, <laughs> they're hiding something there. I have nothing to hide. You can plead the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's not being interrogated, so... <laughs> I do feel like I need to clear my name, though, because I didn't rig that bike raffle. <laughs> yeah, I'm stopped to steal on this. I think there's some like shady. Uh, we need a recount. Hey, if, if you say it was Anne, I believe it was mm-hmm, Anne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, either way, I'm just grateful that I had that bike. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, I rode it around a lot. I remember being bike. very jealous of you when you got that bike. It was a nice bike. New Belgium does good swag. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I am Michael Moeller, joined by John Renane. David Satterley is not in with us tonight. Uh, we are at Bluegrass Homebrew Supply on a rainy Wednesday night, so that might come into the mic a little bit, but that's okay. Um, if uh, you are interested in seeing what we're doing here tonight, uh, just check out the new YouTube page, youtube.com slash at Louisville Ale Trail. I believe that uh, little at symbol is part of the URL. Uh, and if you feel like tipping us a couple bucks, you can do so at patreon.com slash kycommons. Uh, every little bit helps. But otherwise, just feel free to like, share, listen, send a review in. Uh, do whatever you can to help spread the love. If you're listening to this, it means that you must like it on some level. So feel free to share it with some friends. Uh, we are joined tonight by one special guest. Uh, if you are a listener of the show, you've heard her name a couple times recently on the on the Todd Ferris Liquor Barn episode. Uh, Brittany Donahue, area manager of Kentucky and Southern Ohio for uh, New Belgium. Brittany, thank you for coming on. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we've we've known each other for a, for a few years now. Uh, I'm, I'm ashamed that you're just now coming onto this podcast for the first time, but I'm ashamed that I just listened to my first episode uh, in the last few weeks. So, and <laughs> I did listen to the uh, like... the pregame coffee episode too. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a cool shop. Oh, pregame! I need to go in there more. Love pregame. Yeah, you you live right down the road from there. Not to mm-hmm. give not yeah. to give where you live. Away, yeah, I'm not going to give my in... address. No, no, we don't, mm-hmm. don't want to know that <laughs> within a two mile radius. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, before we get too much into the meat of uh, New Belgium and like current day, present day things, can you just give a quick little overview of who you are and how you got into this world? Oh, well. when a man and a woman really love each other. <laughs> like... Yes, it was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> <laughs> they were at the Toy Tiger, I think. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> That was, a, that was another Todd Ferris episode reference. Yeah, I, I did mention it, yeah. Uh, I was uh, born in Louisville and uh, spent my life kind of uh, bouncing around between Louisville and Chicago. Um, and uh, I got a love for craft beer really young. Um, 21, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> it was uh, one of my first restaurant gigs was at O'Shea's. Uh, here in town. And that was the first time that I discovered that there was something besides Miller Lite and Jaeger bombs. Although <laughs> That's awesome. they sell a lot of Miller Lite and Jaeger bombs yeah. at O'Shea since to this day. Probably yeah. do right now. Um, but they, I had a, a Chimay and it just kind of knocked my socks off. And they had the Beer Around the World program, which um, was really, really cool. And uh, so then I moved to, uh, moved to Chicago and got into the fine dining scene. 
and um, started playing around with craft beer pairings um, at the restaurant I was at that was doing wine pairing. Um, And then uh, made friends with the guys from Three Floyds. Next thing I knew, I was back in Louisville working for Beer House Distributors. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started stalking New Belgium. I knew that they were coming to Kentucky and, uh, and I knew that that was who I wanted to work for. So, um, well, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, we, we always start off the show with, uh, with a beer to share. Uh, and so I had already gotten wind of a, uh, you know, I guess a, a beer that means a lot to you and in, in your history. So I did want to go ahead no and bring way. some grand reserve in. Um, if you want to talk us through this beer though, as, <laughs> as I pour it, uh, that way you can kind of tell us what, you know, what you, what your initial experiences were with it or what it means to you today. When was the last time you had it, for example? Cause like, I know that beers like this mm-hmm. aren't necessarily in like the, the, the cool hip menus anymore, but it means a, a lot to a lot of different people. I know it's so sad. Um, yeah, this, like I said, this beer absolutely knocked my socks off when I was 21 years old. Um, just, uh, I didn't know that beer could have so much flavor. Um, oh yeah. Should have done that by the mic. I think it's close enough. That was a good pop. They heard it. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you all had a Chimay? Hmm. I feel like we drank some Chimay when Liz Vale was on. I I want to say that was probably it because... Yeah, she brought in a little less than a year ago. We, you know, as we tell all of our guests, hey, bring in a beer that you love. And she brought in like 12. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I just want to walk you all through my beer journey. And Chimay, she brought in like Delirium 12. Trimmons, yeah, she brought like... in like 12 Belgian beers. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't had any Chimay period in a, in a long time. Um, I'm actually feeling a little nostalgic because I got a little Facebook notification today that it's been uh, four years today since I uh, went to to Brussels. Oh, wow. And uh, I remember a very fun trip to Chimay um, during that trip. I have not been to Chimay, but I have been to Belgium and I hope to go back again soon. I was uh, on the last, um, at New Belgium, on your five-year anniversary, you get to go to Belgium. Old Belgium. pretty cool. Old Belgium, yeah. yes. Very funny. <laughs> they, don't, uh, they don't get that joke in Belgium. <laughs> Let me just tell it's you. Belgium. They don't know what New Belgium is. Uh, <laughs> they don't care. So, so yeah. as, as we sip on this, Thank you, sir. Uh, Brittany, can you tell us a little bit about that you know, the fine dining experience of pairing food with beer instead of wine, which was kind of maybe foreign to a lot of people at the time. Yeah, um, that's exactly right. I think people always kind of waxed and waned about how glorious wine is. And I do love wine, but um, there's so many different flavor profiles that come from the grapes and the regions and the terroir and all of that. And I think at the time that I was getting into it, and this was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, I don't think people in the U.S. at least really saw that those attributes were all a part of beer as well. Um, And so really being able to do um, like pairing menus and let people, you know, not have to commit to a full, you know, 750 or a big Mm -hmm. bomber of, of a specialty beer, which is what a lot of those were in at the time. Um, letting them taste it and kind of talk through it and see the flavors of like raisin or banana and clove or talking about the different carbonation and the yeast. And um, there's just, there's so many things um, 
the yeast is one of the most interesting things that's I think makes beer. I like I like wine too. I just you know like I love beer, mm-hmm. but the, you don't get the, exactly the same level of yeast expression in wine. You get a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but not anywhere close to what it is in the beer world. Like that's super fun. Oh totally. And Chimay is the perfect example of just because that's not a very complicated beer uh, to brew. It's you know people these days are doing all crazy stuff with purees and new malts and da, 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 da. very simple traditional but it's that 500 800,000 year old yeast that That's makes the difference <laughs> so how does that inform what you kind of what kind of food you would pair it with um gosh i think um you know something that has uh, a really a really tight bubble in the yeast can cut through a lot of really fatty dishes mm-hmm. um, hmm. and kind of find ways to balance that and kind of the way that it kind of tickles your taste buds um, can do different things depending on the levels of heat or sugar that's in the dish. Um, and there's just, I think there's just lots of fun little ways that you can uh, work with the flavor profiles and the mouthfeel in a dish compared to beer. So. I don't know why, but I always found Belgian beers to go really well with spicy food. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's like weird or not, but like it's kind of like creamier than a lot of other stuff. So mm-hmm. it kind of helps temper the heat a little bit. But I don't know. I was I've always find myself drinking Belgian beers when I get like hot, hot mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my like go to if I had no idea what to pair uh, a dish with, it was Saison DuPont. Mm-hmm. That was like that was the bottom line. If anything was tricky. Saison DuPont. And it was still special enough for most people to be like, oh, yeah, I've, had, I've, I've never had this before. Or, oh, it's been forever since I've had this. It's going to be great with uh-huh. this dish. Uh, I don't know anything about uh, food pairings and, and beer pairing. Like, it's never been on my radar. Like, every, every you know, Halloween and uh, <laughs> in Easter, people are just like, yeah, we're doing a candy and beer pairing. I'm just like, I, I don't think that's going to be good. But also, I don't I don't know. I don't care. Uh-huh. The Girl Scout cookie. Yeah, the Girl Scout cookie. That's very hot. <laughs> At, you know, in, in your role with either uh, Beer House or New Belgium, did you ever find yourself in those situations of like having to come up with something for an account on the fly? Or Yeah, for sure. We did. Um, so this was probably eight years ago. We did a collaboration with Ben and Jerry's um, and we made a cookie dough ice cream. Uh, with Ben and Jerry's that had, um, we did two. One had was like a brownie batter um, that had a darker beer in it. And then one was cookie dough and had fat tire in it. Nice. And so I, me and my big mouth, huh. decided that I would do uh, like a whole tasting menu of different uh, Ben and Jerry's ice creams and I would pair it with a new Belgian beer. That's fun. And it was fun. Yeah. But it was that's a lot of work you know i honestly think you can kind of talk yourself into anything sometimes too it's all about you know everyone has a different way that they perceive things and so just talking about things and it's the same thing with wine if you you know help someone and say oh wow you can really smell a lot of raisin on that and then someone else would be like oh shit i smell raisin raisin. now crazy that's incredible um so that was really hard i did that at the Hopcat in lexington Mm. rest in peace yeah, uh, <laughs> that was fun. But like pairing like um, our transatlantic creek, which is a cherry sour ale, and then finding a beer to pair that with was or tra- finding an ice cream to pair that with was crazy. Especially those beers like that that are kind of like, oh, you know, creek is so delicious that it's hard to remember like the first time you were drinking th- that kind of stuff. And same with big bitter IPAs, like it's an acquired taste. So giving like a friendly 
way to kind of get somebody's head around what this is like supposed to taste like it's Mm -hmm. a dumb thing to say but yeah i I agree yeah it's just talking about and it's having a conversation um that's i think the most important part and that's what it takes to probably be a good beer rep too does did those skills kind of help you out when you were kind of getting started like first at bells Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um yeah it's just i think um you know with the beer business and any business there's there's a lot of things that are involved in getting a beer to someone's hands there's distribution mm-hmm. there's brewing it there's um you know freight and cost and all these things but at the end of the day um and i think what i love about the beer industry so much is it it's a relationship business um and we get to have a conversation and talk to and meet some of i think the coolest people in the world who are beer people and fans of beer um so I love that aspect. And even though I think now I sit at my desk and do more video meetings than anything else sure. now <laughs> and get frustrated about freight problems, mm, oh yeah, uh, I love being able to go out and just talk to people. So we, talk, about. so we talked a little bit about uh, going to Belgium a second ago. What was that experience like for you and what, with New Belgium on your anniversary trip? Oh, man, it was awesome. So um, your five-year trip, you get to go to Belgium uh, and we... Even now, since the integration with Bells, um, we are retroactively sending Bells people to Belgium, oh, now, which is pretty cool. Awesome. So like uh, Chris, for example, Chris Johnson, if you worked at Bells for four years like he has next year, he can go on the five year nice. trip, which is pretty cool. Um, Does he get a bike? He's, yeah, he gets a bike. Yeah, his bike will be here soon. That's great. <laughs> Everybody got a bike. Um, so the Belgian trip, we go to, um, we kind of recreate the um, the original bike ride beer adventure that our founder did. So it's driving through. Uh, he shipped his bike to Belgium, um, which was kind of like a mountain bike esque thing with big fat tires, yeah. which was not what they saw uh-huh. a lot in Belgium. And he rode around the Belgian countryside, just learning about beer and visiting breweries. And um, so on the Belgium trip, you he get to like, re- recreate that. Jeff was like an electrical engineer or something, right? So like he was mm-hmm. going over there for work, but then like on the side, he was learning about was a home brewer. beer stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a home brewer, so wanted to learn about beer. Um, and, uh, so he, he, uh, in, uh, Bruges, he found uh, a bar called, uh, Bruges Beer J and he made friends with, um, the pub owner there and just got to sample and taste all sorts of fun styles of beer. And so, uh, on our trip, we, we go there and they close the place down for us and have a whole big new Belgium thing. It was actually my birthday when oh, I was nice. there and I, boy, <laughs> I cried like a baby. Uh, <laughs> oh. The whole, uh, the whole group, there were about, it was a big crew because it was right after we just, we'd done a big hiring for the Asheville brewery to come online. So it was one of the larger sized groups to go on the Belgium trip. And so like 50 people and Kim Jordan. That's like, crazy. Fangirl wow. moment. Um, <laughs> started singing happy birthday to me. And I'd of course been drinking all day already. And, uh, and yeah, I just cried like a baby. It was great. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a great team building activity too. Yeah. Like you'll remember that forever. Like that's, that's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I remember going to that bar uh, in, in Bruges. And, um, I remember seeing, like, I I guess I knew that that was the new Belgian bar, but by the time Mm -hmm. I got there, I kind of forgot about that. It was just like, Oh yeah, this is a beer place that I was told to go to. And then in the corner of my eye, I saw like a tin tacker for fat tire. And Mm -hmm. I was like, 
what? That doesn't make sense. And I was like, thinking through, was like, wait, this is the place. And I got really excited. Then I talked to the guy behind about the bar, and then he was like, oh, come here. And then he turned the tin tacker around, and it was like the signatures from cool. all the new Belgium employees that were there on the most recent trip. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you see my name? This was, I think, before ah. you. Yeah, it was before you went there. I've had a few people, a few people who have sent me pictures of my <laughs> tin awesome. tacker where they see my name on the wall because it says like Brit Kentucky or something. Uh, and uh, the the, yeah. the 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 whole story is really fresh in my mind because I just a few days ago got to do the New Belgium Asheville tour. Uh, and thank you for hooking me up with some of that. Appreciate it. Uh, but uh, I guess I. I the New Belgium employees keep a tradition of going there on a Wednesday, even though they're traditionally the bars traditionally close on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that is significant is because I think Jeff went there again. This is really fresh in my mind. I just You're don't like to have it. this. Nailing Jeff it. went there on uh, the Holy Day of Ascension, I think. Mm-hmm. And typically they'd be closed. But because it was a, a holiday, a holy day, yeah. they just happen to be open. Mm-hmm. Please tell me if I'm wrong in yep, any of this. And, and because of that, they... <laughs> Continue to send New Belgium employees there to continue that tradition of Jeff going there mm-hmm. on a Wednesday. Yeah. So they put a little sign on the door that says close for the day for New Belgium party. That's awesome. Um, and they're just like, New Belgium. Are- be like all the other like, yeah, people in the street are like, New Belgium. What's going on? It's like a, <laughs> a political movement going on or something. Exactly. It's like, man, just drinking some beer, man. Uh, but that is really cool. I mean, I, I feel like New Belgium is a place of traditions between the bike trip and um and the new belgium or the belgium anniversary trip mm-hmm. um and then also just you know the a, a promise and culture to employees that um has always been kind of significant and something that stood out is that why you were kind of attracted to that place to begin with or was there other reasons or most definitely um new belgium is i mean i've worked there i'm in my ninth year now um sabbatical next year yep. Very exciting. Yeah. you get in after 10 years um new belgium has always just been a company that does right by people and the planet and um you know i don't know why anyone wouldn't want to work for a company like that um to the listeners who don't know like uh, can you explain kind of how biz- how new belgium's model works where the I don't know how it is now, but when when you went on, it was the model where we the, were employee owned, yeah, um, which was was pretty incredible, and that was what really drew me um, to New Belgium more than anything um, was to have a have a piece of the profits. Um, and even though you know we sold a few years ago, um, which was great, and we all got a portion of that sale, um, dependent on our tenure, um, we still always participate in profit share even still then for a company and I think that that really helps um, employees have a continued drive to succeed and grow Um, so that's a big piece to it Uh, and then also just being sustainably conscious um, that is a huge part of it like I said there's a lot that goes into brewing beer a lot of energy is used and um, New Belgium has always really wanted to do right by the planet and so being focused on our carbon emissions, um, we were one of the first breweries to use wind power and solar power. Um, and that has always just kind of been at the forefront of our business model, but also just using business as a force for good in general. So, yeah. um, we'll, it's pretty great. We'll talk a little bit about fat tire in a second, but I think fat tire is a carbon neutral beer now, right? It's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was um, we started that about two years ago and has been kind of a continuing growing process. Um, so we were I mean, fat tire was um, 
carbon neutral as of two years ago, but now we're continuing to grow that and continuing to kind of do those um, to offset our carbon footprint. So um, we are now um, with the new fat tire recipe, we are using some raw unmarked malted barley, which is a whole brand new thing uh, that you don't see a lot. Um, hmm. And that is uh, essentially, as you guys know, uh, most barley is, is roasted, it's toasted. Um, that's how you get that color and that flavor, uh, especially in an amber ale. Um, and by using some raw barley, um, we are cutting back on our energy consumption. Yeah, John, you're the, the yeah, shop owner. Yeah, that's, that's actually guy. news to me. I was uh, thinking it over in my head as you were explaining that. Um, I'm assuming you just use a percentage of it in your mash, and then mm -hmm. you just use the malted, you know, the enzymes from all the malted stuff. As long as you have 20 or 30 percent of your mash containing those enzymes, it'll work on all that other stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I would think that it would contribute a little bit more to the body of the final beer too, rather than just being like cost savings, like a lot of the. Um, old school beers would use like raw wheat, raw barley and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. that's what's kind of characteristic of the more nuanced stuff that you get out of a beer that's otherwise pretty simple. And then a lot of New England IPAs use like unmalted wheat and unmalted barley and, and stuff like, like that. But mix and yeah, yeah, and, and, and all that crazy stuff. Powder. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> actually super interesting. And then uh, I know like a lot of the uh, carbon footprint, not only, I mean, you think like, you know, yeast, eat sugar and make co2 but that's a very small percentage most of it's in like the agricultural side go mm -hmm. like hauling grain to a factory hauling it out packaging it mm -hmm. um packaging, all the industrial pro all yeah exactly things. so being able to kind of skip the middleman with a pretty big percent being the monster uh percentage of your grist that would have a big impact yeah and it probably also makes the beer taste a lot more kind of nuanced and interesting than it would be just kind of with commercially available, you know, two row malt or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. so I'll be I'll be conscious of that as we uh, as we drink yeah, these. And actually, excellent. I'll look up to I'll look forward to reading up more on that because that's uh, something that kind of now want to experiment with. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, and from what I know, um, we are the only um, large national brewery that is doing that right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that's I've so, never heard of it before. That's no. very new well, to me. See if it works. Yeah, buy some fat tire. Well, it makes <laughs> beer, so yeah. It, at the very least, it works. Uh, I you know what that's kind of going back to what you were talking about just about how fun it is to work for a company that's innovative cares about their people cares about the environment it seems like that really was a good business strategy for fat tire too because you know happy yeast makes happy beer and uh happy employees makes a happy brewery mm -hmm. it, it seems like but what was it like being a part of a brewery that because it, it you kind of came on i mean new belgium has been around for a long time but it, it seems like new belgium started, and i are, are the same age really that's hilarious yeah. that's hilarious <laughs> uh, but it seems like the explosive growth phase, you know, probably started right around the time where you were coming on board. Yeah. Uh, well, I remember, I think I'd been probably been around for two or three years. And I remember we went to our, our yearly sales plan meeting where we talk about our innovation for the next year and kind of what our growth plans are and, you know, how we're going to do it. And, uh, and they put on a picture of the Voodoo Ranger. Mm-hmm. I was going to go there. <laughs> Yeah. And we were all like, what? This is so dumb. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> this great. is not going to work. This is terrible. What <laughs> in the fuck? Holy moly. Like, get me on LinkedIn. This is crazy. <laughs> um, and um, and it was pure marketing genius looking at it now. Um, I think, like, the reality was we found that 
New Belgium. And I think a lot of craft beer was starting to age out with the drinkers and we weren't bringing in new drinkers. Yeah. They were drinking Four loco. They were drinking. R.I.P. To those poor souls. <laughs> All those things. Right. Do you remember when Four loco was alcoholic? <laughs> Anybody else that old? <laughs> I remember those yeah. days. If yeah. I remember, if I remember this correctly, it was like Peter Picard, the original brewer, had some like pushback on on the IPA trend, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we. Um, it was, and the Voodoo Ranger is like a like a jab at you, like the Rangers in the in the field, right? Yeah, that's what we that's what we were called as a sales team. We were Rangers. We were out in the field selling beer, um, and it was our Seattle sales team. And this was back in this was like. 1991 that the sales team because we were new belgium we made belgian style ales and that was it and it was our sales ranger team ipa had been around for a while mm-hmm. like that yeah. was like one of the cores right that was a that was in 1990 okay and it was our seattle sales team that said like i think this ipa thing might be something we should consider and uh peter bucart was i don't not into it but did it and uh and here we are today <laughs> so. yeah and now it's you know the most successful craft beer launch of the, the most recent uh juice force yeah yeah uh-huh. i was gonna see if you had the current stats on that but i know voodoo ranger is like the best selling fill in the rest of that sentence yes uh so, so I don't get it wrong. Uh, we are uh the best selling uh ipa yeah um the whole voodoo ranger family um during covid times we really focused on excuse me, the convenience channel, which was uh, going into a convenience store was not somewhere you would typically find a craft beer. Mm-hmm. So they told us to like, stop what you're doing and let's learn about the convenience channel um, and see how that ticks and how we can maybe get into that. And, and that's um, like your Walgreens, like your, CVS, mm-hmm, like your gas, your gas Thorntons, stations, it's your yeah. five star, it's uh-huh. all that. Um, I buy beer there more than I would care to admit because right? like, yeah, right. me too. Same deal. Um, and so we really started with the, the 19.2 innovation and, uh, and we have just kind of had a stronghold on that. So juice force, uh, last year was the number one craft beer launch of the year. Uh, and we say it was, uh, not only the number one craft beer launch of the year, but the number one beer launch, wow. um, of the year and essentially the number one beer launch in the history of new Belgium. And the number one beer launch, we believe in the universe. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. It, it, you you oh, met yeah. your you met your yearly <laughs> sales goal of it. I think in like March of that year or something. It was, it was yeah, it was nuts. We sold more beer um, about halfway through the year than we had planned for the whole year. Um, so it was nuts. Uh, I think COVID honestly gave us a, a big boost because we were set. We had the right relationships with. Um, being able to get cans and materials. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have any out-of-stock issues at that time. Um, And I think we also, honestly, I think during that time, we had a sales boost because people went back to something maybe that they were more familiar with, Mm -hmm. with the New Belgium name and not just trying the rotating IPA nation kind of craze. Um, So that really helped us. And And then we just hit the ground running with Juice Force and now we're doing that with Fruit Force. Yeah. Oh, no. John, it's about Fruit Force. <laughs> yeah. what, what is this Fruit Force of which you well, speak? I brought one. All right. All right. You guys oh. have to. You got to taste it. And you Hell have yeah. to smell it. Absolutely. Um, I actually just had the Juice Force in Nashville for the first time. That was, I was, oh, I, no I was just like, I knew it existed and I really wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, I'm, I don't buy 
cans to go anymore. Like I just don't drink at home. So I'm just like, sure. okay, it needs to have something, especially in a, you know, nine and a half percent, you know, Imperial, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But John, have you had that? No. It's delicious. Oh All right. It's, it's, a, it's orange juice. Like it's so good. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. So I brought the new version, which is fruit force, but what we found and kind of the reason that we are as successful as we are right now is, is, you know, through the voodoo ranger, we found kind of the secret sauce with how to engage a younger beer drinker, which was through skeletons, skeletons. <laughs> uh, it was through the internet. It was through uh, Twitch. I don't even know what Twitch is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Honest with you. Mm-hmm. We're um, on Twitch right now. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> no. Hi Twitch. <laughs> we should be. We probably should be. Probably. Um, Thanks for the sub. <laughs> so it's, it's been through um, kind of this like guerrilla marketing campaign online and not having a commercial in the Super Bowl. That's how we found the younger beer drinker. Um, And also finding a way to pull in people that were not typically craft drinkers. Mm -hmm. So uh, we found that we are pulling in people who were drinking seltzer, who were drinking Four loco, who were drinking fruity ass juice boxes in their childhood, um, who were drinking Malibu and orange juice. Um, It's not just craft beer drinker. And that's how we've gotten to where we are. Yeah, I think that a lot of people would uh, benefit to think that way, too, just because what's there's a reason that like Budweiser buys Super Bowl commercials every year. And at this point, they kind of like have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a little bit, yeah, being more gorilla and creative like that is how you find the new people. Not mm-hmm. the, everybody right. freaking watching the Super Bowl already knows about Budweiser. It's like, yeah, where are the being uh, being nimble? Um, and also not being afraid to evolve and take risks. Mm-hmm. That's how I found us. New Belgium. Uh, I think I probably knew about it and had had it, but when I first like fell in love with the brand, it was we t- were taking a trip to Colorado. This would have been like 20 years ago or something. But walked in, we were like exhausted from traveling. Uh, walked into some little pizza place near the place we were staying, and they had like a couple different craft beers on. But then I saw like Fat Tire. And they served it in like pitchers. And I was like, just give me a pitcher of fat tire. And it was like, it was like a transforming experience. Just eating pizza, being exhausted, being in Colorado, Mm -hmm. drinking a like local beer. And it was delicious. And I was just like, you know what? New Belgium's fucking good. And I love it. I have ever since. So it wasn't like a commercial or it wasn't like seeing an end display that made me want to buy it. It was just being in a, like with a relationship in a local place and the mm-hmm. person recommended it and like I fucking loved it and, and then I loved that. it ever since yeah pizza and fat tire yeah it's I a think, perfect combination I think my first new Belgian beer was 1554 that's a good oh, one the black yeah that's, that's a really good one very good um but before then I I admit I was probably drinking more uh too hearted um Ooh. so with uh the the recent um, acquisition of Bells. Can you speak a little bit on how that went from your perspective? Yeah, of course. Um, we knew as as New Belgium and a company that we were looking to to purchase another brewery. Um, and they told us in the next year, we're going to have another big brewery in America. We don't know who it's going to be yet. But the plan is um, with uh, Kieran, who's our parent company, Lion Little World Beverage, which is based in Australia, uh, was to kind of create um, a, a group of American breweries to grow. And so we knew that there would be something else in the fold. And uh, we found out that it was Bell's. And that I, must have been like an, oh, an interesting oh, meeting. Really, yeah. yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine anything better. Uh, I've always, Two Hearted has always been 
one of my absolute favorite yep. IPAs in the world. And um, so it was it was kind of shocking that it was such a big brewery and was so close to to me and to this uh-huh. region. Um, and, you know, there's not some like crazy story behind it. Just the reality was was Bell's was a family run company. Mm-hmm. Larry Bell. Everybody, I think. If you're into beer, you've maybe heard of the name Larry Bell before. And um, he was ready to get out of the business um, for health reasons, for whatever. He was ready to move on. Sometimes it's hard to have a retirement plan when you, like, own a brewery. Because as much as, like, you know, you guys are killing it and Bell's is killing it, Mm -hmm. it's not, like, uh, the most profit heavy industry to be in like there's a lot of operational costs right. and especially when mm-hmm. you treat your people well like yeah. it's not you know exactly and you can't just like retire yeah. and say goodbye uh-huh. and, no, and your blood you sweat and tears kind of have to be that yeah this. right exactly. um and his he had two children um who did not want to take on the family business they had maybe tried once in their lifetime mm-hmm. and realized that it was not for them so Larry was willing to sell and I think it was perfect timing and a perfect marriage and partnership so it, it's kind of interesting too. Um, so Sam Adams and uh, Dogfish merged. Do mm-hmm. you remember what year that was? It was like what, three years ago? I don't. I don't know. It was before, before Bell's in COVID. New Belgium, though, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But it mm-hmm. was before COVID. Yeah. But yeah. it's so. And when I heard that New Belgium and Bell's were were merging, I was like, "Oh shit, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. This is shocking." But then yeah. the more I thought about it, I was like, "This actually makes perfect sense." Mm-hmm. Um, because to compete with like mm-hmm. the Budweisers and I, we say on this podcast a lot, like craft beer is dead mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And that kind of references something you were saying, like, it's not just the biggest, you know, Food Rangers, not just the biggest like craft beer launch or the biggest IPA. Like it has it's beer. It competes yeah. against the big boys now. And the meaning of big boys is becoming less clear because a lot of, a lot of those companies have merged in the past and are owned by entities like Kieran or AB InBev is owned by uh, whatever that. Belgian group is that owns all those breweries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see Sam Adams and Dogfish Head kind of like combine their power in the market to mm-hmm. kind of form an entity that can do more to just compete in the distribution model that we have in the United States and just to do more stuff. So it kind of was the same thing that I when it was like New Belgium and Bell's like, yeah, two companies with really good ideologies. Yeah. They make some of the best beer in the United States that are I think so. among the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um we, Has it changed um, your power as a rep so far after the merge? Do you well, see any of those kind of market benefits? Our power as a company. Um, since we have merged with Bells, um, we are now not just the number one craft brewer in the US. We're actually in the top 10 of brewers uh, yeah. in the US. And that's that's a big deal. Nuts. Yeah, it's huge. Um, so uh, that's pretty cool. And that's something that just recently happened in the last few months, um, which is incredible. Uh, most of that has been by the success of the Voodoo Ranger and then also bringing bells into the fold. But um, that's big time. And that's something that I think a lot of craft brewers didn't think was possible. Because if you think about like the craft beer share in the beer world over the years, it's always been like, oh, craft beer is like, six percent of all beer sell or all beer that's consumed and that's very slowly kind of creeped up and grown and i know you know there's well i don't even know anymore what like the delineation is for the brewers association anymore and and honestly that changes every year we always always used to say it was like sam adams plus one barrel right (laughs) it's a moving target constantly (laughs) like we don't i don't think about that stuff anymore because i know that 
you know, I feel confident in what we do as a company. Um, and a lot of people have asked me, like, why, why do you need to continue to grow? New Belgium is such a big company already. Why do you have to keep growing and growing and growing? But um, why wouldn't you want to? If you have a good company and good values mm -hmm. and you make a good product, if you're Larry Bell always said, if if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. So, and, you know, if you wanted to view it, it people, it, it's how can I phrase this like uh, politically correct? No, it's actually not bad. But if you have that power to create good jobs and take care of your people, like mm -hmm. rep your shit, like right. you make the best Why shit you can and like, be exactly just yeah. grow it and take care of people and like uh, be a force for good in the market. And and also, let's be honest, like it's it's big in our minds because we are in this world every day. But still, so many people yeah. don't know. Yeah new belgium they don't know bells they mm -hmm. don't know fat tire they don't know too hearted like it's just yeah it you know may, may, like may, maybe more than That's 10 right. years ago maybe more than five years ago uh but it's still just not on the radar of every every mm -hmm. you know beer drinking consumer no it's funny so i used to say oh i work for new belgium brewery my name's Brittany," and then i would get a dead face and then i would say we make fat tire <laughs> Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you work for the fat tire or the fat, flat the flat tire. Fat brewery? tire brewing. Good Lord. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and now um and now flat flat twelve. Even then, now I say, we make voodoo ranger and and then and so it just it's like it depends on my audience, honestly, who I'm talking to, whether I like lead with we make voodoo ranger or we make mm -hmm. fat tire or we we or we make bells uh, too hearted. Um, it's, it's really interesting because we really do now reach so many different consumers. It's not the same person who drinks all of our beers, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, we always ask our guests to bring uh, a couple different items for a show and tell segment. Uh, one of those, uh, segments involves beverage. Mm -hmm. Uh, so did you happen to bring oh, a yeah. beverage? I did. I brought, um, the new fat tire, Hell yeah. which we can taste. National and segment. I found the oldest fat tire I, I could find. I love drinking old beer. Let's the do it. oldest fat tire in town, um, which uh, was worked out perfectly because I always buy out-of-date beer in the market when I find it, <laughs> like a good little beer rep. Um, <laughs> so this, um, this beer, and I know you guys kind of talked about it before, but we did um, kind of like, I've made some comments like, you know how you... Um, you put frogs in water and then you you turn it up slowly sure. to boil. I do that every day. <laughs> I yep. know this is like a weird, <laughs> terrible thing to say, but that's kind of what we've been doing with Fat Tire because we knew that changing the recipe of Fat Tire was a big, scary thing. And we were going to have people with pitchforks coming at us and their, their torches. And um, so I think it was kind of an evil genius thing that we did. And so in the last year, we've kind of slowly been blending the new recipe of fat tire in with the old recipe of fat tire. So, um, so what this is, I don't have a bottle, yeah, opener, but, um, so that is a blend that is about 60% old recipe fat tire. And so the original fat tire was just an American amber ale, mm -hmm. um, which is just good old American base malt, probably some light caramel malt in there. I think you guys maybe use a little bit of something like special roast or Munich or something mm -hmm. in there from so what I recall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, th what is it? Probably like Willamette hops or Willamette. a little cascade yeah, maybe. Look at you. Uh, you. So we got to do a side by side. Yeah. Too, because yeah, the yeah, big yeah. thing 
that you have to look at is the color is different. And that's been, I think, the hardest part for us so far. I think so far, it seems like people really love the liquid, but um, it can be a little jarring at first when you look at the difference. Um, if you're sitting at your favorite tap room and you get a fat tire draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that, as we kind of talked about, comes from that raw barley that we're using. I mean, looking at the looking at the OG amber, the quote unquote OG, it is even lighter than I remember with even with the sixty percent blend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at what like what was the um, smallest <laughs> amount of the blend that you all did that you introduced into the market? Was it like all right, we're gonna do an eighty twenty and then see what happens? I don't know for sure. I think the longest one we did was a sixty forty, um, and that was that kind of started in the summer of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't know if we started probably ten or twenty percent just to kind of start creeping it in. Um, our brewmaster, Christian Holbrook, had been working on this for years, and this was kind of his idea of a, of a way to kind of help continue to offset our carbon footprint. And um, And the reality is, like, we all have a, a very sweet, touching story of the first time we had a fat tire. We're old as fuck. We exactly. don't matter anymore. Totally. Yeah. You're like borderline. Yeah, like, we're borderline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I remember 1554. Fast, I don't worry. really remember fat tire because it was always, oh, it was already just like so prevalent in life. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, the reality is uh, the last five years, sales have been down for fat tire. It's still the number one beer we produce at New Belgium. So it is nothing to shake a stick at. We, it's it's a great beer and we sell a lot of it, but we saw that sales were declining. Uh, and so I think it was time to do something bold and crazy and make a change. And people, you know, and myself included, uh, it, I have a nostalgic connection to it, like the story I told mm-hmm. you guys or whatever. Uh, but when at the end the of the day, I one, don't. Bro? Yeah, like I actually <laughs> I do enjoy your old like mixed uh, 12 pack that you that is out. It has, mm-hmm. I think, the the black lager fat tire uh-huh. original ranger maybe last time i got it and then like a voodoo ranger or something hazy so anyway i do like it but that being said you're not like going out of your way to find amberels a lot these mm-hmm. days right they're just not sexy anymore yeah they're just not and this is not necessarily something unique like if anything it kind of shows a maturation of the craft beer industry because mm-hmm. all brands do this with their most successful brands like remember new coke and like coke and pepsi do this oh all God, the time we make so many jokes about new coke yeah yep. <laughs> yeah just reformulate the recipe like right. uh I, I know like fast food does it a lot with their mm-hmm. like reformulated things yeah. so if anything I, you know it actually to me is a sign of health rather than just kind of clinging on to something and letting it kind of mm-hmm. become just like a defunct brand that old people like myself and todd ferris talk about about um it's something fresh and it's got a can design that's new and like and i like the branding is freaking awesome it's cool it's vintage it's modern yeah it's everything the only the only promise that we'll ask from uh, the new belgium uh team is to like once a decade uh, just like coke and pepsi do you got to do like throwback (laughs) tire yeah give us give us the the flat tire uh, like the old and busted <laughs> yeah. version, just so the no. nerds can go get a pint at the tap room. Oh, I just had a, a memory unlocked. I remember um, it was 2016, 2015, Fat Tire and Friends mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm, w- mm-hmm. with the collaboration series. And it was, uh, I think it was like a mixed six pack or mixed. Oh, it was a mixed 12 pack. 12 pack. Yeah. That was cool. I remember Ryan Geist being involved with that, I think. They were, yeah. We, uh, it was Ryan Geist, um, Avery. Hopworks, Sierra Nevada, 
But yeah, the, the whole yeah, the whole idea was to be like, hey, what is your what is your take on fat tire, mm-hmm. and what would you tweak? And we'll call it a collaboration. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did their version of they did like a innovative amber ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's super fun. There was yeah, there was one that was a lager, there was a hoppy one, there was a uh, farmhouse amber. It was really cool. So we'll do some tasting notes for uh, everybody who's really curious to try this experiment. Um, the you know the original fat tire quote unquote it's pretty close to what I remember. It's mm-hmm. malty. I think the original obviously since this is a blend was a little bit kind of more caramel malty forward, a little mm-hmm. bit darker. But mm-hmm. this this scratches the edge. Mm-hmm. The new one is a couple shades SRM lighter, and I really so much brighter. You know, you get that placebo effect thing going on, but I can almost kind of get the vibe of the unmalted wheat or of the unmalted mm-hmm. barley, rather. Mm-hmm. A lot of those, like, you know, Belgian beers will use like that spelt malt or oh, like yeah. the chit malt and things like that. This kind of gives me that kind of a vibe. Uh, so it's got a little bit more malt complexity than you'd get in like uh, just a straight up blonde ale or like, what are you guys technically going to call this yeah, one now? Technically, it's a classic ale. Okay. Um, no, technically, it's a golden ale. Okay. Um, okay, okay. Technically, it's a golden ale, but I think, you know, this is kind of a new weird thing. So <sighs> fat tire is just fat tire, baby. You fat tire is just fat tire. You don't have to put it in a box. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's the David S. Pumpkins. I'm my own thing, man. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's just. Uh, This is the first time I've had the new straight up. This is my first experience with it. I really like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really do. I like it more. Honestly, I I want to. I want to. So again, the nostalgia thing is hard for me to overcome. But if I was to Mm -hmm. like uh, crack my head on the sidewalk and like wake up and like be like, I need a beer, but I can't remember anything about like my former life. life. Yeah. Yeah, and if I was to pick one of these to be my like. Crusher might be a weird word after talking about smashing my head, but like, right, sure. Um, this is really good. I really like this. It's very dry. It's very drinkable. It's very clean, mm-hmm. but it gives me some vibes of the old school kind of caramel malt without being caramelly. Is, yeah, the aroma is the same to me. Um, it reminds me of Fat Tire, which mm-hmm. goodness, like, it, it would have been a fun thing. Like, I previously I could probably smell and look at a Fat Tire and tell you if it was like 30 days, 60 mm-hmm. days, or 90 days old. Which brewer made it? Uh, so it was <laughs> which, a whole weird Which bright thing. tank it sat yeah. in. Yeah. And we used to do that. We used to do contests for that uh, at the brewery. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. We would do blind taste tests to tell how old a beer was. But um, the the aroma reminds me of Fat Tire, but it's drinkable. It's yeah. crushable. It's crisper. It's brighter. Um, I, I would drink a pitcher of this with a big pizza. So, so are, are, we, with a pizza. are we just going to declare... You know, summer 2023, the summer of fat tire. I mean, I'm, it's I'm like, what is like hot girl summer? This yeah, is like this is new fat, this is fat tire summer. summer. Fat tire. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it. Yeah, that's really good. And again, if it keeps the brand around and if it keeps something that I loved nostalgically, like fresh and new people, new people entering the market, mm-hmm. and if it, it means there's more six packs of it to drink, I'll, I'll drink this. Listen, shit out of if, that. if people get bikes because I drink this beer, then yeah. let's just keep win, going. Win. That's Why fine. Not? Yeah. It's, right. it's great for everybody. Um. Uh, so, so Brittany, you've you've said that you've been around uh, quite quite a minute uh, mm-hmm. for both New Belgium and then beer at large. Uh, prior to that, um, you've moved up in the beer world. You've seen a lot of people come and go uh, in in this industry. Um, I feel like that's like there's a threshold where you either you age out or you lean into it. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, definitely. 
um, th- I think there was a time that I, I thought like the lifestyle of a beer rep was not a sustainable life for me. I'm a mother. Uh, I've got two boys. I have a very moody, almost 10 year old now. Oh, Jeez. so many emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, <laughs> he yelled at me last night because, uh, we were playing a, a board new, game. Because a new fat tire. And he was like, <laughs> I don't Mom, want- it's not the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it needs more caramel malt. Where's the like caramel malt, mommy? Yeah. No, he was like, I don't want to play your old man board games anymore. <gasps> and he stormed off. Like, well, he's, got a, he's got a point. Board yeah. games are boring shit. I was like, well, you're not getting on your tablet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, it's, you know, it's been a wild ride. And, um, and I think- uh, being able to kind of grow in the company, learn more about the business um, has been an awesome um, option for me at New Belgium to kind of, like I said, learn more about freight and margins. And, um, you know, what I primarily do now is I set a plan and work with our distributor partners. And so I um, I forecast with them and we set uh, goals and then we work to achieve those goals and um, talk about like i mean you know that's a that's a tough job in uh, a normal time doing that during the past like two or three years with all the supply chain issues uh-huh. and with people drinking more and in different ways and it, that's 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 tough so i bet you learned a lot oh my goodness yeah, yeah it was yeah it was crazy and i'm still learning um yeah still learning a lot so it's great. Uh, it's I still think it's the greatest industry in the world to work in, and I'm really lucky that I'm in it. You're, but I also bust my ass. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're in many phones uh, still as Beer House Brittany to some folks. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, John John King specifically. Yeah, uh, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and th- and this was a question from him specifically. But what are the changes in the Louisville beer scene that that stick out the most from your perspective over the years? Uh, well, it's gone from like zero to a hundred, I would say for sure in the last, uh, 12 years. Uh, it's incredible. Um, so many great breweries now that were not here before. Um, it's nuts. There are options now. But but how does that, I guess, impact you now? Um, I, I will say that. There have been some hardships in what we call the on-premise, which is bars and restaurants, because a lot of bars and restaurants now will say, we only will put local beer on tap. Um, So that's a struggle. Um, And I always say like, but I'm local. I'm a taxpayer. Um, That doesn't work. Uh, (laughs) I live right down the road. Have you listened to this episode of the Kentucky (laughs) Commons Radio podcast? Come on. Um, So so that's definitely been a challenge and a struggle. But I also think that um, New Belgium and Bells, like, I feel pretty darn confident in our beers and our consistency. And we're a trusted brand. So, um, New Belgium and Bells are probably two of the most consistent breweries that like I know of. Mm-hmm. On, like I've like I I've never bought like a, a stinky sixer of anything of your all's like even the New England IPAs, which can go that way. Sure. Yeah. Um at CVS, like mm-hmm. which is where I mm-hmm. I'll usually buy fat tire, like at this little Walgreens or whatever it is right across uh-huh. the corner. Um no, I get and that's it. saying something because that's the easiest place for stuff to get stanky. Oh yeah, no, I buy West Sixth IPA at yeah, the Walgreens by my house. Yeah, that's my that's, oh, that's my that's, go-to. That's last a good Walgreens. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. fuck. You say so. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so that's always a, a struggle. Um, and so because of that, I've found that we are more and we are an off-premise brand, I think more than anything. Um, we have a really strong chain team and our chain business is banging. So we always have, you can always find our beer in a Kroger or a Meyer or a Target or a Walmart. Um, and so we always have that. But then again, it goes back to building those relationships in the bars and restaurants and the local establishments that kind of just keep us going. Yeah. There was a uh, an opportunity um, in October of 2021 for you to come, oh I know, for you Good to come days. on our Women in Beer panel uh-huh. uh, for Louisville Beer Week. And unfortunately, something popped up. So... Uh, I've been saving that this this question for that long of time, but do you have any advice for any women that want to either break into the beer industry or maybe grow within the beer industry? Or anyone like right, yeah, no, I think the time is now. Um, you know, it's been um, uh, I've been in the beer industry for a long time, and I've seen a lot of things, and a lot has changed over the years. I will certainly say that. Um, working in the industry now is. Um, completely different than working in the industry 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad for that. And I feel like I was able to weather those storms, but um, it's really cool and empowering to see how much has changed and how much the culture has changed um, and how people I think have grown um, was a society uh, over this time. (laughs) And, you know, so new, but we actually just, we just got this stat recently. So new Belgium and Bell's, um, 33% of our workforce is female. Wow. Um, and that's the highest it's ever been. Okay. Um, and it was like 7%, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So, um, and sorry to interrupt, but, but the thing about that is, you know, you, you look at the, the journey of somebody that starts like into, um, the the beer industry and like okay maybe they're starting off as a, a bartender and then they move on to a distributor and then they eventually get to a brand so that just tells me that the that the funnel is wider than ever yeah mm-hmm. yeah I mean we as as a brewer and a, a supplier um, we usually hire from within the beer community so it's someone who's worked for a distributor someone who's worked for a brewery someone who's worked for a bar a restaurant or Uh, a liquor store like there's always a way to get your foot in the door I didn't go to college Uh, I started uh, at the ground up in the industry and I've worked my way through this whole time and I think that's something that's that's really cool and really accessible um, that not a lot of other industries have yeah Um, which is great and I think it's still that still goes I think it's about what you know and being willing to learn um, throughout the process and the learning is fun because like you, you get, get to drink. drink beer while you do it and like, <laughs> but it makes you appreciate beer more too. And I'm mm-hmm. sure it makes you like a better, you know, salesman when you can have these conversations with people. Um, Cause it ultimately makes like the bartender's job easier to have some knowledge of the products mm-hmm. more than just like what you're going to read on the side of a can sure. uh, to talk to their con- customers about when they come in, just like me back in Colorado way back in the day. Like it just, I don't know. It, it keeps it top mm-hmm. of mind and it makes a new way to establish a relationship with your product through mm-hmm. the person who's pouring it at any given place to the person who's drinking it and then like becomes a person who's going to complain about fat tire recipe changing in like 20 plus years oh or whatever. I've gotten a few emails, um, but nothing too crazy. Good. Yeah. 
And you guys have to, we have to smell and taste uh, fruit force. Yeah. Oh, please let's do it. Let's, let's go ahead and yet. do it then. Yeah. Um, I think it might be I gotcha. way back in there. Is this uh, is this part of your your beverage show and tell still, or just a little it, bonus? This is this is uh, I guess a bonus and a part of show and tell. Um, so this is fruit force. Ooh, so this is uh, an extension of the juice force family, which we talked about, which mm-hmm. is number one beer in the universe. Um, so this has kicked off the year with a huge bang, and will most likely again get that number one launch of the year spot. Um, so it's kind of like Juice Force, which you said you recently had, you hadn't had before. Um, it's it's it smells red. <laughs> <laughs> it does um, not look red. It does not look red. And it, specifically, it's a uh, fruit punch IPA. Yes, it's a, a hazy imperial fruit punch IPA. Okay, um, it smells red. I'm getting the aromas. Do you know off what I'm it. talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It smells like a Definitely Hawaiian like punch. It smells red. Um, and this kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like we found so much success in innovation and pulling people out, people that were not craft beer drinkers into the craft beer categories with stuff like this, because that doesn't smell like a craft beer. No. So my brain is now already <laughs> trying to like reverse engineer how you guys got this like crazy big aroma in here. So it's also nine and a half percent ABV. Yeah. So that's the other thing. And we found. what and is this also a nineteen point two ounce can? It sure so what's what's the is. what's the price point? You know, expected price point MSRP <laughs> in the C store. It's a ten ninety nine six pack. It's a two ninety nine nineteen two, uh, and that's what we found with success too. Is that people want a higher gravity. Um and a at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. So you want to get, and this is officially in the in in our market mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, it's. Do you know what yeast you guys use in this one? No, I'm getting like hints of that thiol stuff just because of how big that aroma mm-hmm. is. I'll do some. Uh, I'll do some okay. digging on I here. Do, I can pull it up on my phone. Well, it but, might be. Um, it might be. We maybe keep the secrets. But yeah. like that aroma is unbelievable. It's it is so like amazing. a. It's a fruit there's a, punch. There's a Japanese citrus fruit that we use. You use it? Lychee? Ikoyan. Oh, it's okay. like a satsuma, but different. Um, so it's that Japanese citrus and then a fruit punch flavoring. So I know we use... Um, That's you crazy. Know, within that nuts. It's, yeah. it's fruit punch beer. I'm yeah, it doesn't, a, it doesn't but taste like... But it still has like... a bitterness to it, mm-hmm. but not like off-putting. So, you guys might be on something here. This is very unique too. I've mm-hmm. never had anything quite like this. It's weird. So, uh, so I will say this: um, Juice Force was unlike any beer I've had in recency. Juice Juice Force. There were elements of beer to it, I guess, but it honestly just tasted like a whole other beverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This tastes a little bit more like okay, yeah, it's it's beer. I understand. It's an IPA. Uh, yeah, it's an IPA. It's a very fruit forward, fruit punch IPA, but mm-hmm. like. Just again, John, go try a juice force because yeah. if you want to be like shocked by something, that's it's insane. It's good. It's delicious. But a lot of the craft craft beer nerds that I know um, really like juice force and say that it's a fantastic beer. And I think it is, too, for being high gravity and having it has. So juice force has the same intense aroma, but it is mm-hmm. um, orange. It's citrus big time. Um, but then nine and a half percent. Yeah, doesn't that taste like that either? This is like what Four Loko should have been. It'll get you in trouble. (laughs) And you can get 19 ounces of it for $2.99 at Walmart. It's a gas station. (laughs) Love that. I think also, uh, I'm going to have to uh, 
I'll pick your brain or do some reading off off air, but uh, experimenting with wild exotic fruits like that too, I think is like an under mm -hmm. uh, experimented with, or it's something you can definitely capitalize on because fruit IPAs were hot for a hot minute back mm -hmm. in the days of like when sculpin was taking over everything. Right. Uh, and then that kind of died off and led into like session IPAs for a minute, or maybe that was first. And then New England's kind of took over for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then everybody was just iterating on different New England IPAs. Somebody came up with this God bastard thing called a lactose IPA and milkshake <laughs> IPA. But this is actually a trend that I can appreciate because not only are you getting the subtlety of the beer, but now I just want to explore what this weird ass fruit is mm -hmm. to play with in my, you know my own brewing, but then also just to type, trace, taste, and try and whatnot. That's yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about that. That's really good. Yeah, I think that with New Belgium being around for as long as we have, and and I think the kind of the street cred that we have with our incredible sour program, mm. um, we should talk about and that, just yeah. our brewing history. Like we have been doing some cool things and we always i the whole time i've been in new belgium it's always some like well i've never heard of that line yeah. but like what is that yeah um always really kind of on the cutting edge of finding some new wild fruit or hop that's never been seen before um it's pretty cool yeah that, that's a whole other conversation for another podcast but just the the introduction of sours to america from new belgium yeah. and peter you guys had a lot to do with that, that was yeah, we did that. insane yeah you, you did that you're <laughs> yeah you we did that yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> a lot of our uh, listeners are not in louisville or kentucky but a lot of them are are there any like sleepy spots around town you accounts that you know where people should go to try to find kind of the New Belgian beers they might not see at CVS? Well, I'm always a big fan of the Grails. Um, I know they have a special um, sour of uh, of ours right now. It's uh, called Green Walnut. I so just had that. It's a sour it beer aged on yeah. green walnuts, um, which tastes insane. Um, it's and, a La Tour, tour, tour right? Uh -huh. Yeah. 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 The Golden yeah. Sour, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Golden yeah. Sour, um, aged on green walnuts. Yeah, not... Not for the nut allergen no. in your family, that's for sure, <laughs> which is why we decided not to put it in kegs. Yeah, wise. Uh, right, just to, we don't want to don't want to go down that road. But for those uh, nut fans out there, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. said it's on it at the Holy Grail slash Grails? Uh, yeah, they've got bottles of it there. Um, and uh, yeah, we are we bring in stuff randomly. I Honestly, I need to get back into it. After COVID, I kind of just stopped bringing in a lot of our specialty beers. We got the sea stores going uh, on. But um, but I think that, I don't know, I miss them. And I'm yeah. so surely it's not just me, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the This episode will air after the fact. Uh, but um, Tailspin is coming mm -hmm. up. Bring anything good for Tailspin Elfest. Oh, we sure are. Um, so from the New Belgium side, we're bringing a really cool wood aged sour um, that is our kind of dark fruit um, wood aged beer that then we aged in Leopold whiskey barrels wow. with a little bit of rye um, that is called um, Three Chambers. And then uh, the the bells like big grab that we're bringing which i don't know if you guys remember this before but this was a very very special beer that bells always made called black note oh yeah yep. yeah so we're bringing a vanilla bean black note hell yeah which is from 2017 be great um and then we have another one from bells which is really cool that's a kentucky mule so it's a uh 
bourbon it's like a bourbon uh yeah Mm -hmm. it's like a moscow mule but with bourbon Mm kind of right yep yeah for sure the the leopold brothers they're the ones that do like a lot of the fruit forward whiskeys right they Mm -hmm. do a lot of the fruity barrels yeah and they're based in fort collins so we've always worked with them um give new belgium a shout out too because like you know you're talking about like people preferring local brands and like local businesses like in louisville or whatever but uh especially not only tailspin but especially tailspin like you guys supported that from day one like, day one i've been yeah. setting up jockey boxes for 10 years yeah yeah oh, yeah only. new new belgium has done a lot more for louisville beer than like you might think <laughs> just because like that's the thing about beer people they yeah. help each other out they support mm-hmm. each other's events they like hype each other's shit when it's good completely yeah. it's funny so uh tisha who is the co-founder of the tailspin ale fest um i've known her for a hundred years and she and i were actually that's strange you guys are only 30 i know right that's so weird uh we actually were both we both applied for the new belgium job nice. and uh and it was between her and i uh and it was tough competition so. yeah I, I, I didn't know that that's the first yeah. time i've heard that, uh-huh. that was pretty um well before we wrap up we we do have the other part of the show until a segment where we've asked you to bring something that's not beverage related did you remember? Did you remember that assignment? I didn't do that. I was uh, before I came here. I was at a parent teacher conference, and I was. Um, All right, we'll just give us your kid's report. That'll count. Yeah, yeah, he's a very smart boy, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> a lot of high anxiety about choosing a middle school. Oh, I don't know if you guys know about this? I don't. That's not on my oh, radar my yet. Goodness, it's terrible. It's very scary. Um, so, I remember it from when I was in middle school. Yeah, feels like the rest of your life. Uh huh. Yeah. Kid, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. I know. Yeah, public school, private school, public school. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went to no middle school. That's the last top of my list. It was. It, okay. I, I would recommend it. You're All close right. to U of L. You get get some of the things. You're right so across the street like from Manual. Performing arts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Okay. Well, Finn is. Um, he is Simba in the Lion King. Oh hell yeah! On his for his school's musical right now. So, hopefully that'll. Well, yeah, give if, us if he's a into the performing up. arts and stuff like that, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. when I was I went to high school at Manual as well. But like even when I was in middle school there. Uh, there's a lot of good connections between like the like youth performing YPAS, youth performing mm-hmm. art school, yeah. and they would work with the kids over in hmm. art at the place. And then also same thing with like the uh, acting kids at U of L. So mm-hmm. yeah, we just kind of made I give like it a... two thumbs up. Nice. No nice. windows in that school. No There's no windows. It like looks like it was built during that like uh, what do they call that? Like the brutalist architecture period of like oh, the early nice. 70s or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where we so were trying to be Soviet times. Russia, but the inside, the trade-off is like no walls. Containers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, no windows on the outside, but then everything on the inside is like open plan. So it's it's kind of an interesting spot. Weird. At least that's how it was when I went there a uh, hundred years ago. We just made a uh, makeshift karaoke machine. Oh. So that he can like get comfortable that? on a microphone. Um, a couple of beers and a trip to Guitar Center. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the start of a great American novel, uh-huh, I think. I yeah. know. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> well, Brittany, I don't want to take up too much more of your time tonight. We really appreciate you coming yeah, on and chatting you. all things thank about you, you and you. New Belgium. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? Anything? Any, any shout outs? I'm excited for Tailspin, which I know um, is coming up soon and will come uh, before this airs. But um, that's always so fun. And I'm looking forward to just seeing a lot of old friends and great people and trying some new beers. It's going to be fun. I feel like it will be kind of a reunion. I feel like, you know, we've been the last few years, you know, the COVID kind of sleepiness is still mm-hmm. around, but maybe this will be the great reunion for, yeah. for everybody. Do you guys remember last year, one of the tents oh, yeah. like, busted yeah, open and they had to evacuate yeah. it? 
Oh, like two, yeah. two of the tents. Yeah. Yeah. And, then yeah. and, and, and now there are no tents. Usually it's like cold and snowy and wet, but last year it was beautiful, but windy as shit. Or it's like a like record breaking wind day, which we just had a couple days ago. Doing so. like a like a live stream or anything? Crazy? TBD. We'll see kind of how well, it plays out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember. I'm just gonna enjoy um, it. Gosh, years ago, it was across the river in the, the oh, New uh, Albany uh, Fest, Fest, Festival. 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 Yeah. yeah, I remember doing a like a like a live stream uh-huh. with you. Yep, when I was pouring beer. <laughs> um, we'll probably do one of those, if not at Tailspin, maybe a craft bash or something mm-hmm. like that. Nice. Yeah, but just Very to cool. highlight Take all the, the cool show local on the road, stuff, man. Hundred percent. Oh, we have been get a live studio yeah. audience. Yeah. Oh, we've we've been doing it on the road. Or like a laugh day. track or something. Maybe. Oh, I don't want that one. Talk to Buddy at Monic about our laugh track. <laughs> uh, he, he, he's pushes, the master. he knows this machine more than we do at this yeah. point because I, I think you can just like push a button and like it's not that one. <laughs> you just muted <laughs> not yourself. That one. Oh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whatever. John, what do you got to plug? Oh gosh, I don't have anything to plug. Um, I think what I will plug for all of the homebrewers listening is I just had a very interesting kind of. Uh, preliminary meeting about kind of a revamp that we might be trying to do at the uh, Kentucky State Fair homebrewing competition. Mm. Um, so if you are a homebrewer and you've never entered the, your beer into the State Fair because it seems kind of like, whatever, grandpa, that's grandpa's beer contest, We're gonna there's going to be some uh, new energy brought into it this year. So stay, stay tuned for more details on that. Uh, but I'm excited. So yeah. State I fair. loved last year looking at all the state fair winners, and there's some some cool cats in there that yeah. are putting. It's not, not just beer, but like uh, cakes and pies, oh, and all yeah. sorts of different. That's things. That's the it's best so area of the state see. fair. You walk, look at like all the giant pumpkins people grew. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we watched the pumpkin contest. They were weighing the pumpkins yeah. and doing the whole thing. It was nuts. I it's like it. uh, who needs TV? You just watch people weigh pumpkins. Like that's, that's all you yeah. need. Turns Entertainment. Out. I took a selfie with the uh, the homebrew. Like background with the people that I knew that had won awards and sent a text and was Aww. like, I know this guy. Louisville's got a great community <laughs> of homebrewers and like just like sure. you know, um, all good breweries start with somebody who's just like a homebrewer at heart. That's true. And then get some kind of a crazy idea up there, whatever. And mm-hmm. twenty years later, like here it is. Yep. Got to start with a soup pot somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's <laughs> that's the story of Louisville. Like everybody who has opened up a brewery in the past 12 years or whatever and made this place just go zero to 100. We all, we all have the homebrewers to thank. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, tip your bartender and, uh, thank your, find, find somebody in your neighborhood who makes beer and they'll give you some. Yeah. Find or, a or make your friend. Own. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on my end, um, shout out to Asheville. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so, yeah, this is what I would say. If you've never been, just go because you're gonna enjoy it and have a and have a great time. If you haven't, or if you have been, if you go a lot, go there with a new perspective. Go in there with the wide-eyed wonder of a of a, a newborn babe. Are you uh, saying you, you were on mushrooms? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Sounds like it got weird. <laughs> Real weird. <laughs> like, do like yeah, go go to new spots or go to the same spots and just like just yeah. appreciate for what it is. Cause if you're in in our region of Kentucky, it's so close. Uh, yeah. and and sometimes we just take it for granted, uh, or maybe not 
granted enough. I don't know. One of those things. Uh, like I got to, I got to visit there with my girlfriend. Like she had never been there before. I never got to go to the so many That's the, the breweries and tap rooms. And I got to experience that with her. It's like, oh yeah, this is why I like this shit. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, know maybe it doesn't have to be an Asheville specific thing, but like if you're drinking beer, just appreciate it. Yeah. That's my shout out. Totally. Also, Mandalorian season three just came out today. I'm oh going to watch that goodness. tonight. Nerds. Yeah, so we're excited. That, that's it. So what I have to ask, besides New Belgium, obviously, um, what was your favorite brewery to visit? The only new place that I went was the Sierra Nevada spot in um, oh, Mills River or whatever. Um, so beautiful. It's so it's so pretty. Um, the place that I didn't get to go on this last visit, but the place I went to prior to that, so within the last um, six months or so, was Cellarist in West Asheville. Hmm. Small small spot, great you know lagering program, a lot of wood age stuff. Um, Really, really good. Uh, on the spirit side, I finally uh, made my way to. Oh, I, of course, I'm, I'm blanking on the distillery name itself, but they have a cocktail bar attached to it, kind of near the the burial, wicked weed, uh, you know, block of places, mm -hmm. um, and it's a uh, uh, antidote cool. cocktail bar. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, it was it was a really nice, you know, cocktail spot. Would nice. would recommend also Imperial. Okay, I'm gonna Shout stop out this to now. The city of Asheville. Yeah. Shout out to the city of Asheville. I'll be there twice next month. So Asheville's grown up with mind. craft beer too. Like if we just think about how it used to be, like mm -hmm. uh, Green Man was like the place you'd go and get a good porter, and like oh, now yeah. it's just freaking out of control down there. Yeah, it's Everything. all the juicy yeah. IPAs there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Brittany, thank mm. you so much for coming on tonight. Really appreciate yeah. you coming on on a, on a you know rainy Wednesday evening. I we'll, did not uh, melt. That's, that's not, good. Not yet. Thank not you. yet. I have to get home, so we'll see. <laughs> this might be the last. couple more of these uh, fruit forces, and I might melt. Yeah, I'm going to take yeah. this other one home and watch <laughs> The Mandalorian Season 3. There Thanks, Brittany. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. Thank you. Thanks, guys.